we need to have plastic recycling at a community level whatever plastic a community generates you know a small town a village any other uh, a manufacturing site they should be able to recycle that plastic locally and recycle that plastic into a product that generates some commercial value welcome to mindful businesses presented by sarani and i'm your host vidya ayer in our podcast we bring to you brands which are mindful in their practices and processes a mindful business adopts and employs sustainable social economic and environmental practices During my recent visit to India I came across several creative mindful brands and we feature some of those brands in our next few episodes. We recorded the episodes in the vibrant city of Mumbai. Today we have with us an extremely innovative company makers of Recron panels giving value to waste plastic. Joining us is the co-founder and director Rahul Chaudhary. Welcome Rahul. Thank you Vidya it's an honor. How household recyclables are picked up varies from country to country. For instance in the US the government agencies and private agencies which pick up sorted and single stream plastics and people are even willing to pay the private companies or pay a premium in their tax for the recycles to be picked up. Can you explain household recycling works and happens in India? Yeah so uh, to break down uh, there are three steps one is collection then there is segregation and then recycling uh, in america mostly uh, you know the municipalities or the authorities they collect almost all of the plastic from households then they're taken to a land site uh, where they segregated and then recycled uh, in other countries like india uh, segregation usually happens early on so there are rag pickers or you know small scrap traders who would buy this household scrap and then they would go directly to these private recyclers uh, a lot of segregation does not happen when the plastic waste is collected by the municipalities so there's a lot of wet waste there's a lot of foreign materials there could be glass metal you know paper so basically it's all mixed up so this the, the the lack of segregation makes it difficult for more better recycling avenues so the the waste collected from um, the municipality that is not segregated yes. so that complicates uh, yeah. um, or or increases the waste because you cannot use soiled waste if you tackle segregation early on the efficiency improves drastically if it's all mixed up and if it reaches to a common site and if the stockpile is in thousands of tons then you know it requires a lot of infrastructure to sort of get through that process so what role do the rag pickers play in the whole recycling process yes if you look at plastic waste there's a number of polymer types you've got your pet you've got your ldpe you've got pvc pp uh, bopp so on so every plastic type serves a different purpose for example pet is used in you know your uh, coca-cola bottles or so on these rag pickers they they're very selective in terms of what they're picking pet bottles are recycled easily or uh, pe items are recycled easily so they're very selective they don't collect everything and they're sold at a certain rate in the market where they recycle and then there's further value addition and then they're sold to the markets but the percentage composition of these so called usable plastics which the rag pickers pick is very limited a bulk 80% or 85% of the plastic still goes to the landfill so either it goes to the landfill or it is uncollected and it goes to the environment directly a global study by national geographic says that almost 80% of the plastic goes to the environment so as of today 
there's around 5 billion tons of plastic in the environment so it's in the oceans it's in the forest the open land or whatever has been burned is going to the atmosphere so what is uncollected is a very overwhelming figure so india has banned the use of plastic bags especially if they are below 50 microns and i see a change in people's attitude i came about 10 months ago and in within the 10 months i see that people are using paper or wax paper and almost nobody gives you a plastic shopping bag this is just the tip of the iceberg how much waste is generated in india Uh, well uh, broadly speaking an average indian produces around 10 to 12 kgs of plastic every year but india is a big country so that's billions of tons of plastic what is more important is how much of that plastic is being put to good use or recycled properly uh, you mentioned about you know the ban on single use plastics i think it's a great drive although the composition percentage might be very low but it's a very great approach to you know educating people about their consumer habits and i hope in, over a generation there will be that change where people will be more conservative about dealing with plastics so i think it's a great initiative so what waste do you use to make your products we were talking earlier about uh, you know different plastic types so one category of plastic types is called the multi layer plastic multi layer plastic is you know typically your packaging plastic where there are multiple polymer types in a single layer you know there could be uh, you know pet pp even aluminum even paper you know imagine a tetra pack or imagine a toothpaste tube so there are different layers of uh, materials so these kind of materials cannot be recycled in a single process and almost all of this plastic cannot be recycled very easily so it either goes to the landfill is incinerated or just lies in the environment we have an in-house proprietary process wherein we re- we collect these plastic types multi layer different different types of plastic types all multi layer and then we recycle them into these boards or panels or sheets whatever you may call it and uh, what we have achieved so far is a product that can effectively substitute the use of building materials such as plywood mdf you know cement sheets uh, pvc sheets you know a lot of the conventionally used building material types so you also use uh, pharmaceutical blister packs what exactly are they and why do they use the blister packs to keep tablets in india and many other countries well whatever medicine that's packed inside needs to be prevented from moisture so that is why there is more than one plastic types there's an aluminum foil on top of it basically to add shelf life and the same concept applies for your food packaging or your cosmetics and so on so wherever you want to protect your uh, you know materials from moisture or air or any bacteria or whatever that that's the basic concept behind packaging how do you go and collect the blister packs are they sorted after the trash is collected or you go to hospitals and collect the blister packs or where do you get them because this is such a niche thing right 3 inch by 2 inch <laughs> pad so we we don't go out hunting for blister packs uh we collect all the plastic types okay and we don't spend too much time in you know segregating that's where the cost is low and at the same time we have a technique you could utilize all the plastic types you know so you're agnostic towards the kind of plastic but at the same time achieving a product which has generated some commercial value whatever raw material that we buy or we procure or we you know uh, we collect. collect that could be anything it could be 
you know multi layer plastic packaging packaging from cosmetics pharmaceuticals uh, other fmcg it could be you know other single polymer types your pet bottles or your pp you know packets or whatever so so the idea is we're agnostic and we have a process that recycles everything into a product that serves some purpose to talk about the process and the technique how are you able to be agnostic to the kind of plastic the process if you know broadly speaking can be broken down into two parts one is the final batch of raw material that we prepare and then the technique we use to process it into a finished good so the the process the final the product conversion into from raw material to finished goods is fairly simple it's proprietary but i'll come to the first part which is how you process the raw material and why it's a challenge now when you collect all these plastic types you know you have different polymers uh, every polymer will have a different melting point will have a different Deesion, strength yeah. associated to it you know in terms of the final product and uh, so these quantities varies these types varies so you really have to have a controlled batch of raw material and you need to know how much of what can go in that batch to achieve that final product this is where all our effort goes in and depending on what we're getting we sort of control the inputs uh, and then we process that raw material batch which is plastic waste of course it's clean and you know it's decontaminated and you know so on and then whatever we achieve we get a range of products and the other idea is to understand whatever product we're making as a final product where can it be used if i supply my product to you for you know kitchen furniture for example it has to be durable kitchen furniture so a lot of effort goes in that that every single piece that i supply matches that quality and you know strength expectation how do you clean the raw materials it's a fairly simple process we use washing line pretty much and a lot of uh, plastic that we buy come from industries so this is all pre-use uh, plastic which does not have a lot of contamination so it's fairly clean so cleaning process is fairly you know simple a lot of companies already do that which are recycling the conventional plastic types like pet and all So you said you make different products. Um you showed me some panels which could be used to make containers, some roof tiles. Your recycled product does it perform the same way as the traditional product? In yeah. terms of like I'm thinking of a plastic roof, it's going to heat up. Yeah, so uh talking about application there are multiple ways of using the product. For example, let's assume a house. We could build an entire house. using our product could do the walls partitions you could do the doors you know all kinds of furniture inside the house you know beds uh, wardrobes benches and you could do kitchen cabinets you could do the flooring you could do the roofing so basically we we've constructed we've delivered projects where the entire housing has been made from this kind of plastic so the possibilities of substituting conventional products is there are talking about Uh, the quality now if you look at timber or plywood for instance uh, the biggest challenge is water absorption the more water it absorbs over time you know the decay starts to happen and the fact that it's an organic material it is prone to termites and bacteria and fungus and so on because our product is fully made of plastic solid plastic water absorption is very very low it's close to 0% then it's inorganic product so there is no impact of bacteria or fungus or termites so it's got a longer 
life speaking in terms of mechanical strength the density is higher certain other physical properties such as the compressive strength or the bending strength is much higher too so it tends to deliver a longer life when being used in these applications so this is these are some of the commercial application that we supply for there are a lot of other industrial applications you know uh, plywood is being consumed in civil construction at a massive scale so we supply our product for shuttering also you know concrete shuttering they do then we supply to a lot of these brick and block manufacturing companies so they consume a lot of plywood in the process of manufacturing bricks and block so that is another application we supply to a lot of chemical industries where they want uh, to use flooring or paneling because chemicals and acids eat up concrete or you know you know harm the infrastructure so our product is resistant to chemicals and acids so that again becomes a very good source of application for us So you showed me some of the panels and I liked one. I would like a countertop, you know, made with uh, that uh, look. It just looks very nice. How durable would it be? Um yes, so uh, if you're talking about functional kitchen cabinets, so the life expectation would be much higher. It'd be very No, durable. I'm talking about countertops like so it doesn't nick, does it can i put a hot pot on it uh, would it work as a countertop yeah you could do countertop countertops are typically you know used in from stone right so uh, i'm not saying we can beat the functionality of a stone you know the the ruggedness the the feel that you get but yes it can be used you could of course keep you know hot items on top of it there'll be very less staining if things fall you can clean it very easily so it does serve as a good substitute for countertops i was thinking of more like the polymer based countertops like corian but i just i personally like the look and if there's a person who is looking for a sustainable countertop than something which is mined and our um station manager viresh had a question he asks what percent of the plastic is there in a pca we yeah. take a 1 foot by 1 foot square it's all so plastic. 1% would it be well uh how one binds it usually done it's processed at very high temperature and pressure it all comes together and you know you have to maintain certain composition so that certain polymers in in a certain composition so that they hold all the other materials together the waste in itself is an adhesive so you don't add any more adhesives no we don't use any foreign or any other value added product the recycled products they lose their properties in terms of their strength and durability how do you compensate do you is that part of your technology that you balance the composition to be able to make a product yes our idea is to do maximum utilization of all the types of plastic that we get we don't want to be very choosy with what plastic we get otherwise then you know we're part of the same problem why so much of plastic is not being recycled so we try to work with a lot of different plastic types but yes at a consumer level we have to deliver a product that works and it has to be uniform in its properties and in quality yes a lot of effort goes in understanding and you know preparing the right quantities of the composition of a raw material batch so that i think is part of our you know technology and the effort and the experience that we've built over the years to addressing that challenge how old is the company we've been operating commercially in production since the last 
more than five years. The product has been around and you know, there was a lot of testing, a lot of uh, feedback from the market. How do you test the strength of the products? There are a lot of laboratories that do international testing on different parameters. and uh, But then again, there is the real-time on-ground testing also, whether the consumers are accepting the product, how the product is going to deliver over a period of time. So that process also is very critical. So can it be made in any color or it all has that organic recycled look? We don't uh, uh, really try to control the color or the appearance because it's all different types of plastic and all plastics that we get are in different colors and different shapes. So what you get is a is a random mosaic sort of texture. Certain more value addition could be done using primary plastics. You could add a film on top of it, you know, a green color film or a blue color film. You know, when you laminate, uh, that is value addition and then increases the cost. So of course, value addition could be done. You could also put veneer on top of it. So you get that wood texture or wood feel. And you could also paint on top of it. Painting works very well. Most paints have uh, plastics in them. Our product is also plastic, so it tends to bind very well. So yes, aesthetically speaking, a lot can be done, which in a sense helps us push the product to a wider audience. So acceptability becomes higher. What is your background? How did you come up with the idea or how did you talk about your journey? So the product came into being from a project that wherein we had to address this huge stockpile of plastic waste. Who's we? Our, our company, the co-founder. So my uncle who is basically the brains behind this product, who started this. I joined in eventually. Basically, we had a project wherein we had to address that problem of plastic scrap coming out of this huge you know, industrial facility and whether we, we could create a product that would generate some value. So that's how it all started. Once my uncle did that, we realized that there could be uh, you know, so many other plastics that could be utilized. So that's how you know, our journey began. And then we started playing with more and more plastic types, started creating variants, getting them vetted from laboratories, doing testing in the market. So that's how it all began. And we were really on board with the idea that, you know, there's so much of plastic, good quality plastic. The, the properties are very good. If you see plastic, plastic has very good properties. A lot of plastic that we use is still there. Like, you know, your cars, for example, in your household items. So plastic is a durable product. And it's the same plastic that goes in the waste also. So why can't you extract that plastic and again bring it in use and deliver value? So that's where we started thinking. And multi-layer plastic was an obvious choice. Nothing is being done about it. It goes directly to landfill or is incinerated. So that becomes a very important challenge that needs to be addressed. What is the challenge in handling plastic? You have this balance of using heat and different ways to compress the material to be made into the forms. There will be some emissions which come out of it, right? How do you tackle and manage all that? So we're not uh, burning any plastic. We're only reaching to a point wherein you know it, it can be worked with. There are no emissions. In fact, our manufacturing is a zero-waste discharge certified operation. So, um, we, whatever plastic that we bring in, we recycle 100% of it. We don't contaminate any water. We don't contaminate any air, uh, you know, related emissions. The idea is to not create any further pollution. So whatever we get, we recycle. So the technology, is it proprietary? Have you patented it? 
we filed a patent for our product which is still under process and we're hoping to you know get it and there are so many other products that we have wherein you know we've worked with uh, different plastic types in a certain way you know we're hoping we would get more patents but uh, the idea is to spread the message also for people to be more aware that there are avenues that this could be done and also at a consumer level that there should be that drive to buy these kind of products of course you need to see how the product is going to perform that inquiry has to be there so would you be willing to mentor other smaller scale um, setups doing similar things that you do we're focusing at the moment with governments uh, doing projects with uh, island so governments in india or um, overseas yeah. yeah so we're hoping to work with uh, the government in india the the local body where our factory is hopefully very soon we're also talking to government bodies and few other uh, agencies such as united nations for doing projects overseas for uh, island communities for uh, for areas where accessibility is not very good uh, the road infrastructure is poor underdeveloped countries where the avenues for expensive recycling technique is not available we're hoping to work with a lot of uh, these government and non-government agencies so how much do you think it is a responsibility of the government via legislation to enforce recycling and reducing plastic and other wastes and how much is it an overall change in the culture the attitude of the people well government plays a very important role it's a very important stakeholder rather they need to facilitate such similar ideas they need to facilitate companies that are uh, doing such projects and also government could be a stakeholder as a consumer they could encourage use of you know such products you know eco friendly products or sustainable building materials and uh, there are a lot of initiatives even in india and abroad where government is pushing for the use of such products government is giving subsidies on manufacturing of such products or whoever is in the value chain so yes a government plays a very important role and also it is a very important responsibility of big corporates to identify you know proper recycling techniques for the plastic that is generated directly or indirectly by them such as the fmcg industry they generate so much of plastic i mean all all of the packaging is in plastic and a lot of companies manufacture products that are made of plastic so what happens after the life cycle is over they may be pushing for newer products on the shelf and the speed at which they produce these products is is very rapid that means the consumer is going to replace those products very rapidly so then more and more waste is generated what is their responsibility to that rapid waste generation and it's okay people can use and throw but as long as it gets properly recycled so that sort of the whole circular economy argument comes in place what is the responsibility of large corporates and a lot of large corporates are taking initiatives but i think we've got a long way to go and you're talking about say a tube of toothpaste which is used and then it comes to you but i'm thinking many times when they make the toothpaste tube there is waste like fresh waste created does that get back to you 
Yeah. So that industrial plastic scrap we buy such similar companies and we recycle them. But to my understanding, not similar avenues are available in developed countries even. A lot of such plastic, the one you just mentioned, is still going to the landfill and in big quantities. We're able to touch upon a very small percentage of such plastics being produced. The developed countries, sorry, the West, as it is their consumption levels are very high and they don't have any avenue. So it's a, it's a much much bigger problem and we've we've interacted with a lot of people overseas in Europe in America even in uh, Southeast Asian countries they see this problem there and they're hoping a solution comes up very quickly yeah like an average indian uses about half uh, of the global plastic consumption but one tenth compared to a person in the united states absolutely in us the way they recycle is also more advanced even though they might be producing more they're collecting in proportions which are effective or may not be effective or more effective than india it's all right if you're producing consuming plastic as long as it is coming from the same batch you're not pushing new plastic in the environment there's 5 billion tons of plastic lying around in the environment use that so you were part of a startup the wwf startup could you tell our listeners a little bit about that so wwf has an initiative called the climate solver and in some of the major countries such as india china european region they select one company every year which is being awarded for their innovation which is contributing to the environment so we were uh, fortunate enough to be selected and awarded by WWF India but it doesn't stop with the award they help us with the entire business processes with technology with funding and you know directly or indirectly so they create an ecosystem for us uh, which is a long partnership so they work very closely with companies like ours and they've taken some very exciting projects every year they do that they select a bunch of companies they identify their core strength and help facilitate help them grow so how does one buy your products is it only for commercial purposes or as a consumer um, am i able to buy your products yes of course so we're supplying to almost all major cities in india via a dealer network and we also supply to you know big companies or big customers directly so and we're hoping to increase our presence in the market with time so yes consumers can go talk to our dealers you know get the product then there's a there's an architect or a carpenter whoever pick that material up and make you know execute the desired project so it can be sliced and cut the product is a 100% substitute for plywood and the working is exactly how you, know, you would with a plywood so for example cutting or nailing or screwing or uh, you know making pieces out of it the workability is exactly that of plywood with the difference that you know it has very low water absorption it has less impact from bacteria termites so it adds more life and it is cost effective in a sense it's it's cheaper than plywood how much cheaper plywood is a range it's like a car you know like you have an expensive car in a we are at the entry point of the plywood range and we're competing with the top range of the plywood since some to durability you are probably in the highest range and and the waterproof yeah in some applications where plywood gives away in 2 years our product is used for 6 years or 8 years at a very low cost and also the fact that our product is recyclable so once you're done with using 
that product you can sell it back to us you will recycle it fully instead of if it's a wooden piece of furniture you would burn it as a fuel so we talked about the panels and what is the acoustic property so i have a tin roof it is noisy when it rains and what about your um, roofing material our product naturally you know dampens sound if it's raining outside or if it's noise it tends to dampen the outside noise uh, also with respect to temperature there is a slight drop inside the house so if you're using partitions and roofing made from our product it'll reduce the temperature inside so it makes it easier for living conditions for uh, so typically you know if you're using metal roofing sheets it they absorb a lot of heat or even fiber cement roofing sheets they absorb a lot of heat for housing purposes it may not be ideal at all time and also if you look at cattle shelters poultry farms or grain food grain storage or other food items they require a lot of prevention from moisture and heat and so on so it it works very well in such application What is the impact of China and many of the other countries who have refused to take the waste from the United States? It's a great impact now with the whole waste management situation. Earlier a lot of countries would ship their all the plastic waste to, you know, countries in in Asia, China and so on. Now all of that plastic is not going anywhere. It's it's it remains where it is and it's being generated at a very fast pace. so those stockpiles are piling up and uh, there are not enough recycling avenues or infrastructure to take care of that problem so a lot of land is needed the costs of you know storing such plastic goes very high also a lot of island countries which were generating plastic and shipping to china or other countries now they're with left with no choice they don't have any infrastructure so almost all of the plastic almost 90% of it goes in the ocean and that's tons and t- thousands of tons of plastic going in the ocean so that is an impact which is being directly absorbed by the environment so what can a person do at a local level in india you can speak to the india perspective well india perspective or even at a global level uh, we need to have plastic recycling at a community level whatever plastic a community generates you know a small town a village any other uh, a manufacturing site they should be able to recycle that plastic locally and recycle that plastic into a product that generates some commercial value unless you generate that commercial value the whole process is going to unviable and it's not going to be scalable so you have to have on ground recycling or upcycling so that you can handle that plastic waste on the very same day to talk about recron panels initiatives at the local level we're currently doing capacity development to come out with a blueprint or to come out with a mobile manufacturing unit so what prompted that because the the problem is so huge and one way to address the problem is through what we're doing which is creating these building materials the plastic problem is common everywhere be it in india or overseas so we want that problem to be addressed there also so we cannot import plastic from canada bring it to india make a building material out of it and ship it back the manufacturing has to be done locally and there is thousands of tons of plastic every day you know being generated at a city level so we might as well address that thousand tons of plastic for that local community get a product which will be used by the same community instead of adding transportation cost and shipping it to somewhere else so that will sort of truly make it viable how does one do that you have mobile units we're planning to set up these uh, manufacturing processes and machines that could be installed on site there'll be a process around it 
from collection to segregation to cleaning you know to mixing and then processing and then also creating a product that would sort of serve a purpose uh, being used as a building material so that entire value chain is what we're hoping to deliver at a community level so we as a company we want to make those uh, manufacturing units those machines those processes and sort of tie up with you know government agencies private companies to install those machines on their site process that plastic and then sell it locally thank you rahul chaudhry for coming on our show and thank you for being mindful thank you so much vidya it's truly a pleasure to be here thank you so much if you're a creator of a mindful brand or would like to recommend a mindful brand to be featured on our show send us a message on our facebook or instagram page we recorded this podcast at radio wani studio in mumbai india tatum gale composed the music for this podcast This is Vidya Iyer for Mindful Businesses.